The Fast and the Curious is part of the Acast Creators Network. You enjoy it now. Hello, welcome back to The Fast and the Curious with me, Betty Glover. And me, Christian Hugill, but not Greg James. I don't know if you know where he is, Betty, but I do. So you know he co-chairs a cricket team now, the Oval Invincibles. Mm, Yeah, from the 100. Well, yesterday they won the 100s and Greg went on an all-night bender. Do you know what? I wouldn't even be surprised because I was working on that game for the BBC yesterday. Uh, I saw Greg and he was having the time of his life, Christian. I bet he was. I bet he was. Champagne! Champagne for everyone! (laughs) He was actually with Stephen Fry at one point, you know, so maybe... He's always with Stephen Fry watching cricket now. He's changed since we started doing this podcast. (laughs) I should say, Greg's not really doing cricket things. Greg's just busy because it's a bank holiday Monday. But um, me and Betty are here. Hello. And we're going to review the Dutch Grand Prix, which particular F1 fans might have noticed happened at the weekend. And one person who will definitely notice it happened is Danny, who I said at the end of our last episode... Danny, you've got to come back on. Danny went to the Grand Prix and she's going to be our reserve driver this episode covering for Greg. Danny the vet. Danny the vet. She's in a Dutch campsite. She's camping. She's still there um, enjoying herself. So, I'm, I mean, I hope it sounds all right. We're going to try and see if the internet works, aren't we, Christian? But I think Danny must have had the weekend of her life because the crowds looked insane and actually I know we're going to talk about Max Verstappen and how great he was but I think all the plaudits need to go to the crowds because they were stood there with their ponchos on with wind rain everything coming at them there was quite literally weather I've only just seen I somehow missed this bit on the episode notes that producer Jimmy does Betty you've got a bit of parish news that I'm obsessed with. Oh, oh, how did we not even I know. say this at the top? Right, this is my fault. Mm. I should have gone in on this. So if anybody remembers Kat, right, she was the bride that had her Hindu at Silverstone and they kind of joined us when we were, you know, when we were on stage at Silverstone, they were there in the crowd. We spoke to them. They're on a couple of the episodes and they were dressed as pit crew at Silverstone, which is just incredible. So Kat, wedding... It's today. How incredible is that? So we first found Kat because her bridesmaid, Robin, got on on the F1 phone-in that we recorded in the garden drinking rosé in the spring. Oh, oh, good old days. Great days, great days. (laughs) And it's a a macho F1 podcast, this, isn't it? We got them on drinking (laughs) rosé in the garden, darling. It was lovely. And then, as, as you say, Betty, then we, we saw them at Silverstone and they came on, the, on one of our live shows at Silverstone and got married today. Maybe that's where Greg is. Maybe he's the wedding DJ. Oh, do you know what? He's ditched us, hasn't he? And he's just gone to Kat's wedding. If Greg's the only one that got the invite because celebrity and we didn't, I will be seething. I'd have had a right good time at that wedding. No, they actually, I don't think they would have done that to us because they loved us. No, I don't. No, and they were right to do so. I did buy some shoes today for a wedding coming up, though. Right, brilliant. Let's get let's let's move this on, Christian. <laughs> I don't want to talk about the towels that you bought today either, because that is boring chat. Oh, I bought some lovely towels. I bought some lovely towels from John Lewis. Let's bring in Danny. <laughs> I'll tell Danny about my towels. No, please don't. Danny, we can see Danny. Danny, 
Hello. Hello. Danny, you look incredible. You've got blue skies behind you and you are wearing some incredible sunglasses. I'm just completely jealous about your setup right now. So, well, we've had to go to a beach bar to get some Wi-Fi to do this call. So uh, we've, uh, we've come down to the beach from the, from the campsite. Oh, you've had to, have you? You've had yeah, to. Yeah, it's We're terrible. Had... Oh, you've had to. Oh, the heart bleeds after your grand weekend at the Grand Prix. <laughs> <laughs> so were you by the sea then? Can I see the sea? Is that what I'm looking at? Yes, wow. that is the beach behind. Oh, look at that. Golden sand, glorious blue sunshine. Oh, I'm, I was in a really good mood before doing this podcast. I'm depressed now because I'm not there. Yeah, I'm in Manchester. I mean, it rained enough over the weekend to make up for it, though. Can you talk to us about how it was at the weekend? Because, I mean, it was dramatic. You had literally everything going on. What was it like being there? Yeah, it was, other than Max not coming in on the first lap, we all weren't sure about that decision. But as soon as he came out on his inters and started making up the time, it was, everyone was quite, quite okay. We all knew he was going to win. We'll talk about the race in a minute. But in the red flag... I was just obsessed that they were just pumping like techno music into the crowd and it looked like a rave. Where were you in context to all of that and what was that like? Because that was like, oh, that just looks amazing. I was thinking of you at the time. I was literally like, I hope Danny's in the middle of that. Yeah, I hope you were wearing those sunglasses as well, Danny. I was wearing these sunglasses with a poncho as well. But yeah, (laughs) there was even a special sort of dance, Formula One dance move. It was like the Macarena, but also involved a steering wheel. What? Danny, you're going to have to show us this dance and Christian will commentate on it. Right, show us it now, teach us it. I, well, nobody taught us the dance. I don't know where it came from, but it was a so bit... So it's like the Macarena with arms in front. Oh, but then it goes to a steering wheel instead of the Macarena. And then you drive a car. Oh, yeah. So it's like... Yeah. Oh, brilliant. I might be going out of the weekend. I'm going to whack that out on the dance floor. Oh my God, please don't. <laughs> Oh, I love it. I'm obsessed. And this is like, I'm just imagining like swarms and swarms of people in orange all doing this in kind of synchronisation. And there is also a dance Max Verstappen song that apparently is very popular in Holland. I just, I can't believe it. Well, what was the song? So it's it's called Super Max by the Pit Stop Boys. You're going to have to sing it, Danny. I mean, I absolutely can't sing, so I can only apologise, but it's... <laughs> Mainly one lyric, super max, 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 super max, 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 etc. Oh, I heard that. Yeah, I've seen that all over TikTok as well. Um, That is incredible. Me, Christian, haven't actually probably spoken about the race, um, by the way, Danny. So I just need to ask you, Christian, you were basically praying to the Formula One gods that you were going to get an absolute corker of a race. Are you happy? Yes. Did you get what you wished for? Yeah, it was a great race. It was an absolutely great race. Plenty of overtaking. There was drama. There was sudden rain. I absolutely loved it. So yes, that that was the race that we needed, I think, this season. A really good chaotic race. Best race of the season by a mile. Cracker of a race. Thank you, F1 gods. What do you think about that, Danny? It was a really exciting race. I was a little bit sad because qualifying, I thought, was a great order. So I felt really sorry for Lando and Alex because they qualified so well and then choices in the race didn't really work out for them. Yeah, but but in terms of like just every... It just threw up absolutely everything, didn't it? Like there was just so much going on. If there wasn't something happening to one driver, another driver was getting a puncture, someone else like was in, in the wall. It was like it offered everything and you were literally there. It must have been crazy. Yeah, it 
was it was great and obviously we were we were doing our uh, race side strategy so just before the red flag when everyone came in for inters it was quite obvious everyone in the stand thought that they should have put on wets because there was so much rain coming down yeah but you didn't expect it did you because your phone was like no no rain this weekend which yeah iphone weather said uh, definitely a dry qualifying and a dry race so uh, yeah hopefully they had a, a better forecast than i did um christian run us through like the the kind of top headlines then from the race right the top headline from the race is that max was sensational I think I need another rant here. I often talk to people on Twitter during the race and people kept getting cross with me. One guy even blocked me. Oh my God. (laughs) What did you say? Because people are looking for excuses for Max's brilliance. Any sport you want a battle for the win. I get it. But guess what? Max didn't mess up qualifying like Checo did. Max out-qualified Checo by best part of a second in the same car. Max didn't slide off the track like so many others did. Max didn't speed in the pits. And yes, Max was given a helping hand by Red Bull pitting him earlier. But Max has earned that right. Max is that team leader because he's out-qualified, out-raced, out-classed. Every teammate he's ever had at Red Bull... So that team is built around Max Verstappen. We are seeing a historic example of an F1 driver in perfect sync with his car, an almost unbeatable driver at the top of his game. If ever there was going to be a race that he didn't win, it's that one. Any number of things could have gone wrong, but he didn't because he's the best. So let's stop looking for excuses. He's the best. And he was sensational again this weekend. Danny, do you feel like you've just listened to like a presidential talk there? And as a massive Max Verstappen fan, do you feel like you just want to stand up and like take your shirt off and swing it around your head or something? Has it got you going? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, I can I can only agree. Like on those when he finally got those intermediate tires on, he was just taking seconds a lap out of Perez yeah. in front of him. He was he was gonna pass him. It was inevitable because he was just so much faster. We take we're taking for granted how difficult it is to win a Grand Prix. That everything has to be perfect, even with a car like the Red Bull. And they keep getting it perfect. We're, we're, we're witnessing something special. So people going, oh, well, it wasn't a very good race because Max won again. It was a good race. It was a great race. And the best driver in the best car won. And anyone not ready to accept that, go and watch something else. There are other more tedious sports available. Go and watch them. I thought it was also interesting because Fernando Alonso said that Max's achievements are just so under underestimated like it's he's just so dominant and I think for Fernando to say that as well and like come out in the media and sort of exactly say that against you know the driver he's racing against is quite interesting that's what I'm getting at but while we're talking about Fernando he was awesome Greg asked me on the last podcast okay who is going to you know shine this weekend and I said it's a track where you need experience Fernando just proved why he's so special this weekend to get to P2. So fantastic from uh, Fernando Alonso. And I also just want to mention while we're doing better, you said the main talking points of the race. Alex Albon, that stint that Alex Albon did on the soft tyres to keep it on the track 
through the wet conditions to counteract the mistake from the team in not pitting him by staying out and driving through the wet patch at the start of the race. That was sensational. Can you explain for people that might not know, like how, like why is that sensational? Why is that an incredible thing to do? Because wet tyres are grooved. They are grooved in order to throw water up and away from the tarmac and that generates more grip. They also heat up quicker in the, in the way they're made. So when the rain came down and everyone pitted, but Alex Albon didn't, and a couple of others didn't, Alex basically, to make, the, to, to make sure the race wasn't lost, had to stay out on dry tyres in wet conditions. So to not put it in the wall and to keep up a competitive pace in that was sensational. And that's why Alex got eighth. That Williams were disappointed with eighth because had they had pitted in early doors, it's not beyond the realms of possibility that they'd have had a podium. I think that Williams was as quick as Pierre Gasly, who got third. Alex Albon is my non-max driver of the season for me this year. He is just brilliant. Danny, you're nodding. I feel like you're in agreement here with Christian. Yeah, I. it was so wet on track. I can't believe he, he kept on the slicks and he kept it going. And then he kept those softs going for so many laps as well. It was crazy. But yeah, I think if I was a team principal, I'd be looking to sign up Alex as, my, as a driver. Would you? Well, that's a really good point. We said in the podcast where we had Alex Brundle on and we were looking at the future of F1, that there won't be that many changes in driver lineup into next season. But Alex is one of the key ones that could trigger movements because his Williams contract, it's his last year at Williams next year. There are very few teams on that grid that wouldn't be thinking Alex Albon could be a handy option for them. And this brings us into another little thing of the way the, the Red Bull team is built around Max if Williams can build that team around Alex and make progress like they're doing, it's a very nice option to have Alex Albon. So I wouldn't say it's a guarantee that he'll move, but like, you know, the team could be built around Lando at McLaren, the team built around Alex at Williams. It's a nice little option to be, but Alex Albon's future is a really, really interesting one. Mm. Uh, and just, we, we should also mention while we were talking about Williams just then and their pace, Logan Sargent, who, was, who showed real flashes of pace this weekend. The, the crash he had in the race was a loss of hydraulic pressure. It was. It looked a very weird incident. It was the way the car went straight on. So it was the fault with the car, was it? Yes, it was a fault with the car. So a first Q3 appearance of the season for Logan. And he'd have definitely had some points were it not for that failure. So James Vowles, the Williams team boss, has said that they're, they're really going to try and rally round Logan. He's had... He's shown flashes of pace this year, but he's still yet to properly put it together and get points. And I really, really hope he does because it's touch and go as to whether I think we'll see Logan in the Williams next year, but it's far from too late. So I, I hope that Logan just builds on that Q3 appearance and puts it in the points in Monza because it's not too late, I think, for him to really stamp his authority on that seat for next season because I don't think Williams have made their mind up yet. Yeah, fingers crossed. He looks so sad after the crash as well. I don't know if they showed it on the TV. Oh, it was but he, Yeah, they kept cutting to him just looking miserable. What about Sexy Gasly then? What's his future looking like? Because he had one hell of a weekend as well, didn't he? Well, his, his future is, he's, you know, he signed a, a, a medium-term contract, at least with Alpine. So he's not going anywhere from Alpine. But this was a an example of Pierre showing what he can do. We're going to talk about Monza in, at the end of this podcast. And obviously, Pierre won there a few years ago in an Alpha Tauri. Properly 
good drive from Pierre Gasly, comfortably his best drive in an LP. Yeah, and he looked thrilled, didn't he, with his massive Harry Potter sort of like cup that he was trying to hold above his head that was way bigger than his own head. Yeah, the trophies are very Hogwarts, aren't they? Danny, was that, did anyone mention that when you were out and about? No, and they they don't let you on the track at Zanfor either, so we couldn't actually go down and watch the uh, watch the podium. So we missed those. Oh my god! So you couldn't kiss it? Yeah, exactly. What was the point? No track kissing available. That's. I'm sorry you wasted your weekend. That's a shame. We feel for you. Also, what we haven't mentioned to you, Danny, or asked you, is um. Are you and your partner still together? Yes. For anyone who missed this, Danny's partner is a Mercedes fan and Danny's obviously a big Red Bull and Max fan. And yet the relationship still survives, which I just think is impressive in itself. Yeah, although we, we did bet dinner on Lewis Hamilton being on the podium, so he bought me dinner that night as well. So that worked out well for me. Well, he's had an absolute shocker, hasn't he? But at least Lewis got some points. It wasn't looking that likely after qualifying. Yes, no, that's true. Lewis did a great recovery drive. Um, yeah, really good recovery drive from Lewis. We haven't spoken about Ferrari either, have we? Um, <laughs> shall we talk about the fact that Charles Leclerc into the pits and they didn't have the tyres ready? Could I give a boring answer? Um, yeah, go on then. It's not actually as silly as it looked because they need about, you know, a third of a lap's notice to get the tyres out. But the way he was on the track when the rain came down, it was like, I might as well go in and sit there and read OK magazine while they get the tyres ready (laughs) rather than do another lap in this monsoon season weather. So it looked all like, oh, Ferrari have ballsed up again. But actually, in defence of Ferrari, it was more where Charles was positioned on the track that it was like, I know they won't be ready, but I might as well go in and sit and wait while they get everything ready. So it wasn't actually as dramatic and stupid as it looked. Well, I found it personally very entertaining and having... Oh, it was funny. It was funny. It was just understandable. And Danny at Silverstone, we got to stand in the McLaren, um, like garage, etc. when, and we saw them do loads of um, pit stops. And I I was just thinking like, I was like, oh, I feel so sorry for for Ferrari because they'll be there, like just trying to get these tyres ready, like pulling them out. Like just, I can imagine it was absolute chaos being like, it's like that scene out of the US office. <laughs> that's that's exactly how it was. Yeah, so we kept hearing the team messages about light rain coming and we could see these great big black clouds heading in from over the sea. And we were like, oh, I'm not sure it's going to be that light. So I think, yeah, when it came, the crowd weren't surprised, but the team seemed to be. Mm. We were amazed on the, the, the rain started coming on the formation lap. So we were really amazed that the first few drivers didn't just go straight into the pits for intermediate after the first lap. We were quite shocked that they stayed out. Um, and whilst we're on the subject of Ferrari, then we've got to talk about Carlos Sainz because he had his and he finished fifth. We're just, we're just putting it out like that, are we? With no further context. With no, that's... You can give the context. I'm waiting for you to give the context. Right. Well, if you missed the last episode, we were talking about the fact that Carlos sat out FP1 while one of the Ferrari Academy drivers did FP1. Our crude team principal, Greg James suggested what Carlos might be doing <laughs> all sodding weekend I've just had people in my DMs on Insta being like that worked for Carlos then it's like oh for God's sake this is not what I signed up for when I said I was doing an F1 podcast so I mean yeah he had a good weekend so whatever he did with himself on FP1 did with himself I'm sorry yeah um, <laughs> I didn't even mean that one then then 
it worked, didn't it? Danny, what do you think? I wasn't there on Friday, so I can't confirm where or what Carlos Sainz was doing in FP1. Yeah, because I was hoping you'd have your binoculars, you'd be out trying to find him. I was on a ferry, couldn't see, couldn't see that far. <laughs> we're, uh, we're just getting into even more weird territory now, aren't we? Yeah, it is like... We start. We had Lewis Hamilton on this podcast at one stage, and now, look, we're talking about drivers in free practice. Shall we move on to Liam Lawson before we get even lower? What was he doing in FP1? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, talk to me about Liam Lawson because, I mean, brilliant debut. Greg asked me, who are the drivers that are going to be like full ready for it after the, the, the summer break? And I said, Daniel Ricciardo. And what happened to Daniel Ricciardo? Crashed into a wall trying to avoid Oscar Piastri and broke his hand. Mm. To have built yourself up for a big return, to have spent summer training and then for that to happen, that's heartbreaking. And it, and it's a blow for his chances of either persuading Red Bull to give him the Alpha Tauri seat for next season, or even more so, give him Perez's seat. And it's even more of a blow because the man who's come into his seat this weekend, Liam Lawson... I think it's being underestimated how much of a good job he did. The amount of drivers we saw make mistakes, put it in the wall, the conditions to come in and make your F1 debut on that race and to finish P13, doesn't matter where he finished, just to keep it on the track. Great debut. I think we'll look back at that race and go, well, we knew Liam was good because he did so well in that race. I think that's a really good debut from Liam Lawson. Surely for him, like it can only get better because like racing in those conditions must have just been ridiculously like, you know, some of the most experienced drivers were saying it was so ridiculously challenging. So for him, like he start that's his first race in formula one and he's there having to sort of navigate through. I both agree with you and disagree with you because you can't get any worse conditions for your first race. So Monza should in theory be easier but it could get a lot worse in the sense that if he goes and sticks it in the wall in dry conditions in Italy, yeah, that's then true. it was like, mate, you had a great weekend. But ju- just a, a quick reminder of who Liam Lawson is. This is a this is a guy who did Formula 3 in 2019 and 2020, who drove in the German DTM series, which is a properly competitive class of racing in 2021 alongside Alex Albon, who was Red Bull's reserve driver that year in 2021. He also did F2 in 2021, so he's done loads of racing, was ninth in F2 in 2021, was third in F2 last year in 2022, and this year he's racing in a really competitive class of racing, the Japanese Super Formula, and he's really impressed in everything he's done. So again, it's pretty much Lawson v. Ricardo for that second seat at Alpha Tauri next year. Um, Danny, did you watch Liam Lawson? What did you make of him? Yeah, the crowd actually got so excited for him when he passed Charles Leclerc. Obviously, he did have an injured car at the time. But yeah, I think everyone was was really backing him to do well. As if on his first race ever, he's like, yeah, I'll stick it up the inside of Charles Leclerc in a Ferrari when I'm in an Alfa Tauri. <laughs> Love that for Liam Lawson. I had no right to do that. And I'd lo- Again, the sign of a racer, though, the sign it's like you don't care who's next year. You're not like, oh, it's Charles Leclerc. Ooh. Natural ability just yeah. to be able to do it, like just inside of him. Oh, really impressed with Liam this weekend I think so I'll be fascinated to know like having a full free practice one free practice two free practice three 
in Italy and properly get into grips with the car. Like he'd barely driven the car ever before. I think to come in and keep it on the road, let alone finish P13, yeah. I think it was super impressive from Liam Lawson. I think with the conditions, not crashing was, was pretty incredible for the first time you're driving yeah. that car pretty much. Just, just bring it home. Oh, we interrupt the Fast and the Curious for my fire alarm going off in the flat. Let me just check everything's oh, okay before we carry Jesus. on. Jesus. Everything okay or do I need to evacuate? I'm about to Okay. Christian's wearing these short shorts. Like, they're right up, right up your ass, Christian. <laughs> they've, no, no, they've ridden up. They've ridden... No, they're not hot pants. They've just ridden up a bit in my office chair. But I think we're moving away from the important bit. My flatmate Chris has just burnt some sausages, but I don't need to evacuate. So it's fine. We can carry on with the podcast. Right. Brilliant. Because I was incredibly worried. They're not that sure. Honestly, I'm not just sat here in Speedos doing the podcast. I'm, I, I, it's not. They, they just rode up. It looks like you are. <laughs> it looks like you've forgotten to put your trousers on. Them thighs. Danny, I'd like to apologise uh, for <laughs> what you just saw. Sorry. If I... If if, I, if, if I'm responsible for any inappropriate nudity on the podcast, I'll be the first to apologise. <laughs> I was complaining that it's not highbrow enough earlier, wasn't I? Uh, anyway, sorry. No, what were we saying? Formula One. Yes, Liam Lawson. Very good. Well done. Excellent. What else stood out to you, Danny? You were there. You were in the thick of it. Is Was there anything else that caught your eye? I think, yeah. I think George Russell seemed to be really unlucky. I think that's the only other thing. Just everything went against George. Yeah, definitely. What was the... Can you, can you describe the sound to us um, when Max Verstappen won? Because I'm just obsessed with the crowd as well and what it was like. Yeah, it just echoed, echoed around because the circuit's actually it's on quite a small area so you can see all the other stands. So yeah, just everyone cheering, clapping. I love the fact as well that there were so many bicycles. Like everyone rode their bike. Did you did you see this? Oh yeah. Yeah, so they, they shut off the whole of Zamfort to cars. So they really wanted people to cycle in. Um, but my husband won't trust me on a bike, so we got the bus. But this is this is a thing. This is worth mentioning that Zanvor is usually the tiniest little town. The town doesn't have the infrastructure to deal with a race. The track isn't really wide enough for modern F1 cars. It's only because it's the only real half decent motor racing facility in Holland for Max. So because the town's so tiny, they've just banned cars. So you can only get there on a bike, which is good for the planet. So well done, Formula One. 45,000 people rode their bikes. So like the parking lot was just full of bikes. I actually couldn't believe it. I sometimes, when me and Betty worked at the BBC, used to struggle to find where I'd left mine in the BBC bike park. Yeah. How are, how are people finding their bikes? Exactly. How are you finding your bike in that? Like the aerial shots, it was just like 17 miles of bikes. I think they did have QR codes, but I don't know how, how accurate they were to find them afterwards. Oh my God, I bet that was an absolute nightmare. Can you imagine the Grand Prix finishing and you're there like, right, where is my bike? Like walking around... 45,000 people trying to find their bike. I'd still be there now. Yeah, likewise. Do you know what I'd have done, right? This is good, this. I've had an idea. It's a good one. I'd have put stabilisers on the side of mine so it stands out. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, the Italian Grand Prix next weekend. (laughs) Should we talk about that? I don't think you'd notice the stabilisers. Yeah, let's talk about Monza. Um, I guess the big question... Is Max going to make history? Danny's nodding. Yeah, I'm confident. Are you? Well, I mean, I don't know. I, I, of course you are. I mean, everyone thinks he's going to do it, Christian. We should say it's the it's the it's the rec- it would be the record for the most all time number of wins in a row, wouldn't it? That's the record. Incredible. 
I don't think there's more we can we can say on how phenomenal he is and how phenomenal this season has been for him. But like it would it would be more of a shock if he doesn't win it. Oh, massively. It would be a huge shock if he doesn't win it. But I said that there's plenty of tracks that can throw up surprises in the second half of the F1 season. This is one of them. So Monza in 2020, Pierre Gasly won it in an Alpha Tauri in a rain-affected race. In 2021, Daniel Ricciardo won his race for McLaren. There's also quite often chaos into Turn 1. It's such a tight um, S-bend, sort of left-hander than right-hander when you're going down into Turn 1. So there's plenty of potential for chaos at Italy. So, But the, the thing is, though, every time there is potential for chaos, and there is chaos, like there was at the Dutch Grand Prix. He still does it. Yeah, he just finds a way. But uh, Italy's great. And like we've just been to, or Danny's just been to Holland, and we've had Orange Max territory, we're into red Ferrari territory with what's the, the, the Italian fans affectionately known as the Tifosi. So expect wall-to-wall red. And expect a bit of pressure on Ferrari because it's that they've been so underwhelming this season. So it would be really important if Ferrari managed to go and get a driver on the podium that, you know, they've never, they've never really looked like they've properly had the second fastest car all season. So they're in desperate need of a bit of a boost Ferrari. They really are. So if anywhere to have a boost, this would be the place to be, but we're going to see crazy Italian fans instead of crazy Dutch fans. Danny, you know, you're on holiday and you're sort of driving around your camper van. I just think you've just got to drive it to, Italy, mate. Are you all right to call my boss? Yeah, we'll sort it. Yeah, I'll, I'll give him a call. Like, the animals will be fine, I'm sure. Yeah. No, <laughs> I've, I've had a word with the animals. They're all right. Alex Albon's going to look after them. We'll head over. <laughs> Good. Well, Danny, listen, um, it's been absolutely fantastic having you on. Thank you for, you know, going to such personal sacrifice to go and sit in the sunshine on the beach where there's Wi-Fi for us. It looks awful so thank you for slumming it in those conditions and um but in all seriousness thanks for checking in before and after with us I, it's been great hearing your account of soaking up the atmosphere and and you must have had the best weekend it was a great weekend and lovely to speak to you both as well lovely to speak to you danny we will catch up with you again soon let us know if you're going to any more races and good luck in maintaining your relationship whilst there's one red bull fan and one mercedes fan <laughs> thank you very much <laughs> I just love Danny's giggle when we talk about it. <laughs> She's like, "Yeah, but I'm I'm on top at the moment, and you're you're not getting knocked off that perch, Danny." Um, thank you so much. Thanks, Danny. Speak to you soon. Thanks, guys. Bye. 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 Oh, wasn't Danny lovely, Betty Glover? Uh, she is an absolute legend, and I'm just so jealous. I can't believe she just sat there on a beach in the sun with the sea behind her, her sunglasses on, talking to us whilst it's raining where I am. I'm sat in my room while my flatmate burns sausages. It's just not as good, is it? Mm, In your cycling shorts. No, they're not cycling shorts. I really need to... They're just normal shorts. They're just ridden up. (laughs) You see? They're just ridden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want me to go and put my actual cycling shorts on and I can show you the difference? No, thank you. Producer Jimmy shook his head quite quite quickly Chris, you don't need to get defensive. You don't need to get defensive. You've got great legs. Aw. Whip them out, mate. Producer Jimmy wants us to do some predictions. I think Max Verstappen will win. Yeah, I mean, I can't disagree with you, to be honest. I think Max Verstappen will win. Yeah, great. Good. We've done those then. Right. So thanks for listening to The Fast and the Curious. Uh, If you have got any questions, 
questions. Um, we haven't done a list of questions today, have we? So we'll do some questions on the next episode. Any questions about anything you've seen in the last couple of Grand Prix? Anything you're a bit confused about? Email us fastandcurious at acast.com or we're on TikTok and Instagram and the handle is fastcuriouspod. Let us know your questions and your thoughts and we'll read some out on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. We'll be back soon. Christian, go and take your cycling shorts off. Cutting off the blood flow to me legs. <laughs> Bye. Get some air down there, you know.